On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. <laughs> oh, Come on, man. Minnesota, downtown Minnesota going crazy right now, Kenny. Man, oh my goodness. Man, I tell you, they're going to burn this food down. We, uh, I bet you. Come on, man. <laughs> who's that running behind Yo, who's the guy running behind Did you guys know that the NBA Finals were apparently last night? Hi, everybody. How's it going? Filling in for Ken Levicka today. It's your old friend Ryan Lieber, joined here by Stone Labanowitz and Jeanette Javier. Hey, Jeanette. It's been a while. It's been a minute. How Absolutely. are you? It's Pretty good, good to see you. It's good to be with you. Stone, nice to be with you, paired for the first time that we get to sit side by side and do this show together. For the first time, fellow Salukis as well. So for those who don't know, and why would you know? Why would you and know? And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because nobody this, really cares. This will be the one and only time. This will be the one and only time. Stone and I both went to the same college. I'm much older than Stone. Stone is a much <laughs> younger man than I am. But we both went to the Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois, where there's probably maybe a handful of people down here in South Florida that attended and Stone, once upon a time, was the quarterback of the Southern Illinois Salukis. And what year was that, Stone? 2018-19-20. Mm, 2018-19-20. And you made the playoffs when you were there, or no? Yeah, quarterfinal run. Quarterfinal run. Let's mm. go. Yeah, so yes. there you go. Up, up 10 in the fourth, heading to the semifinals, but just couldn't get it done. We were trying to find different people that we had in common and that we were friendly with at the time that is still there, maybe professors or... Uh, Anybody that is still one of the broadcasters for the Salukis, who was one of my mentors, is mm-hmm. also now one of Stone's mentors. Uh, there you so go. There you go. That's That was our, our big connection. But yeah, so there we go. We got Stone and I are surrounded by Salukis, Jeanette. Oh. Sorry. No UCF for you. UCF, FAU. Oh, FAU. You went to FAU. Yes, mistake. I'm from Orlando, You're from Orlando, but I went to FAU. That's right. All right. Uh, if you heard it right before we came on the air, of course, that was Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, and the TNT crew uh, basically laughing at the prospect of the Minnesota Timberwolves who defeated the Los Angeles Clippers last night, 109-104 in the play-in game. And uh, the Timberwolves have now secured the number seven seed. What they were obviously making fun of was the fact that when the Timberwolves did win this game, you would have thought they won the NBA championship. They were Patrick Beverly, uh, who's never at a loss for basically making a donkey out of himself, um, went on the scores table, started screaming at the top of his lungs, um, chucked his jersey into the crowd. The The rest of the team was in a celebratory mood. Look, I get it. You, you're in the NBA playoffs, but, I mean, take it easy. Like, you... You haven't done anything yet other than secure the seventh seed. You, you guys watched the game last night, and how how ridiculous was was that? I, I First of all, let me just say this. I'll get into this in a second because I find the play-in games to be the most unnecessary and just <laughs> most stupid part of the NBA playoffs. 
And yes, I can be the guy that's shaking on my, you know, my fist, uh, saying, get off my lawn. You're yelling at the clouds I'm, for sure I'm right now. I'm that guy. Absolutely. I, I totally get it. But but don't you think that was just a little, let's start there first with, okay. with the celebration. It was a little overboard, Jeanette. I'm here for it. I support it. I get it. And I under, like, you got to play, you, you got to spot the playoffs. Yeah, sure, you're seventh. But, you know, for a franchise like the Timberwolves, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, it was their second postseason win in 22 years. So isn't that something to celebrate? Is I mean, this, well, Pat least, Beverly wasn't a part of the Timberwolves. I mean, he has been for a season. But but for the city and, and that being Pat Bev's former team, yeah, right. a lot more goes into it. I get it that he's a former Clipper and maybe there's some bad blood there, but... Listen, at the end of the day, like, you can still be excited without having to flaunt it like you did. And then they sit there and chant, we want Memphis. You better be careful what you wish (laughs) wish for because the Memphis Grizzlies, as somebody who's a big fan of the Memphis Grizzlies, they don't need any more motivation from that crew of Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams. Those guys know how to bring it, and uh, they're definitely going to bring it in this playoff series. I I just thought it was unnecessary. I I mean, maybe just call me old school I know, Jeanette, you're here for it. I get it, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, I just find it to be silly. I, I mean, to, to be celebratory over the seven seed is is just a little much, Stone. See, but you say that, but the Nets, who are like, I don't know, have the second shortest odds to win the title, were competing for the seven seed on the other side. And you know, what did they do? They, they, they acted like they were there before, but I'm saying if this game wasn't a thing, the Nets wouldn't have a chance to win the title. Like okay. so, so we need it. Like there's the argument right there. Like Kevin Durant. Wait, why of, do you say they wouldn't have a chance to win the title? Because they wouldn't even be in this position. Like they would be sitting on the outside looking in. Oh, you're talking about just because of the format. I'm talking about just in the sense that it they did play. If if the old rules applied, where the top eight seeds make it regardless, the Nets would have been the seventh seed. Yeah, and and they'd be. It'd be first round meeting with who the Miami Heat, like uh, or the the Boston Celtics. Or the, no, well, now it is. But it, I mean, if it were eight one, like it would be in the old format. They, I mean, they would probably see Miami. Well, no, they were the seven seed. The Cavs were the eight seed. Oh, so they were just, they were they were securing it with correct, them. correct. So yeah. the way it, 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 the breakdown is is Cavs Nets were the uh, eight seven and eight seed. The Nets won. So now the Celtics play the winner of or excuse me, the, excuse me, the Cavs play the winner of the Hawks Hornets yep. game. Um, and th- and that's how that works. And then whoever wins that becomes we'll the Miami. seventh seed. Correct. And they will see um, the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Correct. Here's my thing about the play-in game. I don't understand why the NBA feels the need to continue to tweak their product. I understand it's a different game. And you guys, I get it. You guys are a different generation than me. You guys are young. You're, you know, kind of in the whole social media universe. You like the flash. You like the kind of different sort of gadgets and things that the are extra, out there, the extra, the extra fluff and flair that I feel like sports is now providing. But in my opinion, the NBA has gone way overboard. Give you an example. The whole thing with the All-Star game, right? So now we have this whole new thing where it's not the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference anymore. Now it's Team LeBron versus Team Durant or Team Giannis versus Team LeBron, whoever it is that's the captain that particular year. And then they play each other. Why can't we go back to the Western and Eastern Conference? What is the problem with that? I think that was a solution to their moments where the Eastern Conference is so much more dominant than the West. Or and other way around. Exactly. Or, yeah, or so versa. I think that was the solution to that. And I absolutely love the new format. Because it was always East versus West. And, you know, looking back, who who 
it, it was always other the all-star game it was pretty much you would it was the same guys it was the same guys and you would guess who would win before the all-star game would start and when, and yeah absolutely and when you're talking about you know the social media phase and the new generation like we want storylines like we wouldn't have got the kevin durant james harden drama if we weren't drafting players which is so but, cool like to have the best players in the league draft other players right, who we, are awesome too. 100 like we, Giannis is the first pick right if you're playing in, in the backyard or on the hard top like yeah you're going Giannis first but i mean obviously he's just your five if it's east west I like the narratives. I like it creates storylines that we want to hear these guys talk about and we want them to present it. I don't understand when this became a thing. There were plenty of storylines <laughs> when the East and the West would play. Like I will Not as up, often but, though. But I remember the days when Magic Johnson would go against Larry Bird and Michael Jordan would, you know, go up against Kobe Bryant. You're talking and, about nineties basketball. Uh, yes, the best era of the NBA, in my opinion. I'm sorry to say. I mean, look. I just feel like there are so many things, and now the NBA is talking about this play-in turn. Uh, excuse me, this this mid-season tournament. Why? What is the point of that? Hey, Minnesota was sold out last night. Like that place was alive. But Stone wouldn't have been sold out if they had just been in the postseason, regardless. Like, I mean, I, I mean making I, the playoffs, you're gonna get sold. You're gonna get sold out games. The emotion was way too high for that type of game. It was a, the stakes took, felt it, higher. It, it took it took it to a whole different level. I, I understand in this respect, right? So Major League Baseball has the wild card game, and you got the one game playoff to see who gets in. All or I, nothing. I understand that, but I guess my my thought on that is is that that's for one spot, and you're not creating a situation where the seedings would change. Whereas it it to me. It reduces the importance of the regular season. So here you have a team, and I understand that it's not much of a difference, but Minnesota won 46 games this year. The Clippers won 42 games. So based on that, the the Timberwolves won more games. They should have the right to be the seven seed over the Clippers. I understand in the Cavs and the Nets, and I know it's not always going to be this way. They finish with the same record, but then you go to the conference record and see how that determines it. So the Nets... By virtue of that, we're the seventh seed going into the game. But I just feel like it 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 really does not give the regular season any sort of sort of importance. And and then you're you're just making it sort of a sideshow when it's all said and done in that respect. So for me, I, I find this to be the dumbest tournament out of all the tournaments in in sports. I can't think of another one, right? I, I'm not on board necessarily with more. Major League Baseball teams in the playoffs, but I'll live with it. I'm not on board with more wildcard teams in the NFL, but I'll live with it. This, to me, disrupts the the point of you worked 82 games yeah. to, to get to where you are at, and it can all be ruined by one or two games, depending on what happens during that game. Now, I, I love the regular season not meaning as much argument because the Cavs, I mean, not the Cavs, the Nets, the guys like KD and Kyrie and James Harden, when he was on the team, were able to sit out games knowing, oh, we can slip to that 7-8 spot. We'll, we'll just have a play-in game against one of the weaker teams. So, yeah, it is diluting the regular season. They're like, like I, like I mentioned, like we don't even have to play these games. I can take these two weeks off. We're only going to slide a couple spots. We'll have a play-in game later on down the road. We're going to play one of the the Cavs or, or whoever it is. like It does take away from the regular season in that sense. I also think the other part of the equation is let's just say, for argument's sake, Carl Anthony Towns goes down with an injury and then they get and then he gets hurt and then they lose their next game because they're without their best player. So basically, you're penalized 
for having a solid regular season, but because your best player is out, you lose two games in a row, and then your season's over. I, I just, I again, I just kind of find yeah. this to be a little bit excessive with what the NBA is doing, and it takes it to another level that I just don't think is necessary. Let's pose the question to our listeners. 888-760-3776 is the number to call in. 888-760-ESPN. Do you like the play-in tournament format? Do you think it is a good thing for the NBA, or do you think it dilutes the product? I'd love to hear what you think about it, and I'd love to hear what you guys thought of the celebration last night from the Timberwolves. Too much? Is it, is it appropriate? Jeanette seems to think she was here for it. It was okay. She was all about it. And I just think, listen, you haven't won anything. Go there and take care of your business in the first round. If you beat Memphis in the first round, then by all means, flaunt that and and be about that. But I get it. This is the new NBA. This is what we do. This is how people, they like to be, you know, show their flair, the bat flips, the, the celebration in the stands, all those things that go along with what, the the leagues in today's sport look like the NBA. This is this is part of it. That that I get it. That is all part of what they bring together. Was it as bad as the? Is it as bad as the Knicks fans though? I feel like that. So that was my form of comparison. Is what Patrick mm. Beverly and all the Timberwolves did as bad as what we've seen previously with fans like the Knicks, who it's, they win one regular season game, <laughs> right? And I mean, they think it's a party. It's pretty similar, and the argument is act like you've been here before. Ryan mentioned earlier, what did the Nets no. do? They did nothing when they when they were expected to win, and and like he mentioned, the Timberwolves have one more regular season games. Jeanette, I'm kind of on your side. I was here for it, but the celebration was a little over the top. Like if Shaq and them are immediately laughing at you. Like, like those are the guys you don't want laughing at you ultimately. So, so I got to side with them because off rip, like seeing him jump on the scores table, it was like, whoa, man, and, you've never done this before. And you know what? They haven't. So let them have their moment and let them celebrate it. That's my perspective of it. They deserve the celebration. Sure. They're a little extra, but who am I, first of all, to claim that anybody's extra or not? But when, when <laughs> so Stone, being a former college football player, right? What do they always tell you? When you've scored a touchdown. Act like you've done it before. Act like you've been there before. So why in this instance are we not able to do that? Why can't they act like they've been there before? Because to that point, they never have. They've never been there before. They they literally never have. They've been to the postseason. They were in the postseason. Weren't they just in the postseason like three years ago when Thibodeau was the head coach? They made it. They lost, I think, to the Rockets in the first round, if I remember correctly. Who probably went on to the Western Conference Finals. I believe that was the same year. Correct. It was was probably a 4-0 sweep. Like, no chance. Like, their their fan base had no hope. And, and yes, I understand it was quite some time ago. It doesn't seem that long ago to me, but it was quite some time ago when Kevin Garnett led that team to the Western Conference Finals, and that was the furthest they have ever gotten. I was less than a one-year-old. I wasn't even a year-old yet. Yeah. It's a 22 years ago since their last postseason win. No. Their last postseason win or the last time they made it as far as they... You Their second right postseason win in 22 years. Wow. So they must have gotten swept the last time they were in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look that up. That's, you see? Enjoy your moment. Jump on that <laughs> table. Fling your shirt in the air. Have fun with it. You're listening to Ken Levick Alive. I am Ryan Lieber alongside Jeanette Javier and Stone Labanowitz. You can find Stone on Twitter at Labanowitz Stone. You can find Jeanette as well on Twitter at Jeanette and Juice. And you can find me at Ryan D. Lieber. The phone lines are open, 888-760-ESPN, 888-760-3776 if you want to jump in. The question we're asking, do you think the play-in tournament is the dumbest tournament in all of sports, 
Are you on board with it? And are you cool with how the Timberwolves kind of celebrated this victory lap last night after defeating the Clippers 109 to 104? It was a good game. It was very compelling by all you know stretches of the imagination. I just felt like it was a little much. Patrick Beverly spoke after the game, Stone. Um, let's cue up his audio. Here's what he had to say about winning the game against his former team, the L.A. Clippers. Man, we played a really good team. I'm going to try to sound real humble, but I know you know that's going to leave in about two seconds. But we, we played a real good team, well coached. Uh, obviously, emotions behind it, you know, uh, uh, former team. Man, I wanted this so bad. I wanted this one so bad. Uh, this is just the icing on the cake, the cherry on top play in to be able to beat them. I mean, another goal was scratched off. I told you it was going to the playoffs. Everybody, mostly all y'all looked at me like I was crazy. When I first said that, I f***ing told y'all. Let's go! It makes it sound like the Here media was it. counting out those Timberwolves from the very Let's beginning. go! <laughs> Don't so- doubt Patrick Beverly from Chicago, Illinois, folks. Don't he do it. so hype and proud about it. Oh, I want to celebrate for him. Yeah. Gosh, they're going to have their hands full with the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I cannot wait. Yes, I and can't wait. This is pro- this is definitely going to haunt them. The 100%. memories of this, of the celebration is going to come back after probably going to get swept by the Grizzlies. Memes are going to be made. A hundred percent. With no doubt in my mind, there's going to be memes and social media is going to have a field day with this. The other play-in game, the Brooklyn Nets defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers also in a great game, 115-108. to Kyrie Irving... 34 points in the contest. Um, And might I add, it is Ramadan right now. Um, And I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert in Ramadan, but I believe it is. um, Does anybody want to help me out here or should I look it up? Because I don't want to say something. I'll look it up. Basically, I know that in Ramadan, you fast from sunrise to sunset. And Kyrie Irving um, had not really eaten, obviously, prior to the game. You have one meal um, before sunrise, and then you're basically, um, you know, kind of fasting for for the rest mm-hmm. of the the rest of the day until sundown. So, 34 points is uh, is very impressive, and obviously, Kyrie um, had no problem uh, he, he, he made, taking care of business. He made 12 of his first 12 shots. It was yeah. 12 for 12. Like like he started that game off. Like he didn't miss shot. He was dialed in. Yeah, it's uh, so just to explain for Ramadan, it is the ninth month of the Islamic character observed by Muslims worldwide is a month of fasting, um, prayer, reflection and community. So uh, it, I, unbelievable job by Kyrie Irving, who, of course, has just had such a bizarre season, I guess, is the best way to put it after everything that he has endured through clearly not getting um, the vaccinated and not being able to play in the home games for Brooklyn but now he is able to play in home games. So, you know, the the odds of the Brooklyn Nets coming out of the postseason and, and potentially getting to the NBA Finals coming out of the Eastern Conference certainly have been raised significantly. And it's going to be extremely compelling to see at this point what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can do. But listen, I give the Cleveland Cavaliers a lot of credit. I think this is a very scrappy team. And this is the first time they have made the postseason mm. Um, or at least in the, the play-in postseason uh, without a certain someone named LeBron James. So credit to them. They have a game, as we mentioned, uh, tonight. Or excuse me, they, they play the winner of the um, Charlotte Hornets and Atlanta Hawks, and then they will host the home game of whoever wins that game, um, I believe, on okay. Thursday so or Friday. So that, that will be interesting to see who comes out of there. But um, look, what do you give the Nets chances at this point? I mean... 
They're the seventh seed. So they're going to be playing the Boston Celtics, who's a another team that a lot of people are talking about potentially coming out of the Eastern Conference and is going to be a very tough matchup with guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, this is not going to be a layup by any means by Brooklyn. And I give the Miami Heat a lot of credit being able to get the number one seed because I don't think anybody really wants to face Brooklyn in the first round. In fact, the one team that I think probably has the best shot of eliminating Brooklyn out of all this is the Boston Celtics, and that's who they're getting in the first round. But Stone, what do you, how do you think this this lines up for the Celtics and the Nets going into the playoffs? Man, it is a total coin flip. I, I do know that Brooklyn, they are slight favorites going into this just by a little bit. But, man, this is a really good matchup. And I don't know if you caught it last night, but Bruce Brown, after the game, had the reporter had asked him, you know, how do you feel going into this Boston series? And he said, without Robert Williams, I mean, there's a lot that they can't do. And we're going to have to go after Al Holford. And then KD stepped onto the podium right after, and they told him what Bruce Brown had said. And KD was like, oh, man, that's just a young guy talking. Like, he didn't want to give Boston any bulletin board material. Right. So it was like kind of a big brother coming in and slowing the – the little brother's role because he got out of line. So you can tell Katie's a little scared, but I like the Nets here, man. I definitely do. This is certainly, in my opinion, the best storyline when it comes to the pl- the playoffs. This will be a no playoff doubt. series that I will be interested in watching and kind of seeing how that all comes together. Um, because when you look at the other matchups, and so the Heat, we don't know who they're going to play yet. But regardless of who I think the Heat play in the first round, I think they will win that series, whether that is against Cleveland, Atlanta, or Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, that Boston-Brooklyn series, though, that definitely is, I think, out of all of them, really compelling. Milwaukee, Chicago, I don't think is going to be much of a series. Philadelphia, Toronto, I, I think could be a, a decent series, but it's not, to me, a great storyline necessarily. I, I don't. I could see either of those teams winning. That's kind of a, the four fives always kind of a pick 'em series. So I'm not I'm not as as kind of glued into that series necessarily as I am the others. Yeah, and B's gonna have a lot of a lot of you know people following that based off of the MVP race. I was, I was just gonna say I think the 76ers as an organization as a basketball team as a whole is what makes the storyline there in that in that matchup. Well, yeah, because of no, just right. so much they have vested into mm. that organization with trading for James Harden and like you said, James Joel Embiid potentially being the MVP this year. There's so much. That goes into that. Mm-hmm. This is this is big for that organization, no doubt. They yeah. feel that. They feel that. For sure. All right, so the NBA playoffs are starting up. Major League Baseball is just starting as well. We're going to get to that when we come back on the other side. Jeanette, Stone, and Ryan here filling in for Ken Lavica. You're listening to Ken Lavica Live. You'll, we'll be right back right after this. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Thank you, Mr. Voice. Ryan Lieber filling in for Ken LaVica today alongside Stone Labanowitz and Jeanette Javier. We're here until 2 o'clock, taking you all in. We were talking in the first part of the show about the NBA play-in games last night. The Minnesota Timberwolves advancing and becoming officially the seventh seed stone. And uh, obviously the celebration, Jeanette, that you were all about. Yes. And thinking that that was a good thing. (laughs) Definitely enjoyable. 
I, Listen, I, I mean, it was enjoyable. Entertaining. Entertaining. Exciting. Exciting. Over Cre- the top, extra, everything I love about life. Look, it creates it creates storylines, right? And that's what we're all about, is creating storylines that are compelling and things that we can talk about after the fact. So everybody was, of course, all in on discussing how ridiculous, including two legends of the game and Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal, who are never at a loss for, you know, making fun of the new school mm-hmm. sort of players. And they clearly thought it was a little over the top. Kenny Smith as well. Uh, I just, yeah, I just, I don't see a point to it. Tonight on ESPN, 7 o'clock, Charlotte will be taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And then at 9.30, the San Antonio Spurs will face the New Orleans Pelicans. That game, again, at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN. Here's the other part that I want to get into is the fact that, okay, we have two games tonight, again, for the play-in game. This is for the eighth seed. The eighth seed, right? The the Hornets and the Hawks, who I, I'll, I'll give you, there's some decent players that I would be interested in watching. Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, the Hornets are, are, are a fun team to watch. Then you got the San Antonio Spurs and the New Orleans Pelicans. No Zion Williamson. These teams are 34 and 48 and 36 and 46. Can either one of you sit here with a straight face and tell me that you're going to watch that game at 9:30 tonight and care about the results of that game? Jeanette Stone, go ahead. Who would like to start with that one? I am going to watch this game intently. Like DeJounte Murray, what he's been able to do, watching Greg Popovich with an opportunity in a spot like this, man, it is exciting for basketball fans. Man, when the when the stakes are high, nobody comes through like Brandon Ingram. He is so ice cold. This is awesome. This is primetime television. You are crazy. Let's see what Ernesto in Boynton Beach thinks. Ernesto, what do you think? Are you going to be interested in any of these play-in games, and do you think this is bad for the NBA? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, first I want to say thank you for taking my call, and then I was going to congratulate the Minnesota Timberwolves for winning the NBA championship. Oh, no, no, I've been mistaken. They just won a game just to play, continue playing in the playoffs. Come on. I mean, I can understand Patrick Beverly on his enthusiasm because he had, well, Patrick Beverly, so there's no reason to even explain that. But that's, that's, that's his, but, but everybody else was fine the way they, 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 they celebrated. And I think it's, Good for basketball in terms of they needed to kind of rejuge this kind of playoff system anyway because they were sitting people out and I still think they're going to have to still do a little tweaking because they're still sitting people out during the season which I don't know how they're going to fix that problem because that's that's another that's another you know that's another monkey out of, out of the bag they, they have to try to fix because you know I mean there's people that take out their hard earned money to play you know to see a basketball game and these guys are sitting out. And they're all worried about just the playoff. And look, Stone mentioned it before. Uh, the Nets weren't even worried about really playing uh, uh, their players, their, their, their stars, because they knew they were going to play somebody inferior to them. And that's that's showing, that's, that's the way of the NBA thinking right now, the players. And it's, it just sucks. It's not like I understand where you're coming from. That 90s basketball, the playoffs, one plus, you know, plays eight. It was the best of the best, and you saw – even like you said, the all-star break, east and west, but I think, uh, uh, Javier said it, it was kind of whack after a while because it was certainly one conference will win it for the next 10 years, 
and the next one winning, the West winning for maybe one or two, and the East was winning for another five years. It was too redundant after a while. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all you had to worry about was putting the money up and who's going to win MVP. But besides that, I mean, you have to do this for basketball. I mean, I, I, I'm, and I'm going to watch today, yes, because it's the playoffs. I mean, that's it. It's plain and simple. It's the playoffs. If you're not a fan of the of the fan base, besides that, if you're an NBA fan, you're going to watch. Plain and simple. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Ernesto, thanks for your call, man. Passionate. I like it. But, uh... Listen, I, I I appreciate that he still, you know, was a fan of the 90s basketball era and the All-Star game and whatnot. But, I mean, Jeanette, like, these teams are, I'm sorry, no team, in my opinion, deserves to make the playoffs winning 34 and 36 games. And, and just to see who potentially gets a chance to play the eighth seed, which would be the Clippers at this point. I don't think New Orleans nor San Antonio can beat the Clippers in L.A., just my personal opinion. That's why I say if you want to do this, here's here's a suggestion. Okay? I'll even I'll even do this. If you just want to have a playoff game to determine who's the 7 and the 8 seed, by all means fine, but get rid of these last two games. Like in my opinion, the 9 and the 10 seeds don't need to play to determine who is ultimately the 8 seed. Why don't you just have one game to determine the 7 and 8, right? So if if the Timberwolves were to have lost last night, then they would have been the eighth seed and the Clippers would have been the seventh seed. How about that as opposed to bringing in teams that, in my opinion, have no business of making the playoffs? We wouldn't get Trey Young versus LaMelo Ball. Like, anybody who's paid any attention to the NBA season has been dialed into these guys. I mean, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, like, that's the most exciting team on a night slate on a Tuesday night in midseason when Charlotte is playing whoever I'm dialed in because those are that's a fun group of guys. Trey Young is so underrated. We haven't given him any love. But players out if you're going to take the players out of the conversation going back to what what being in the playing tournament means. I love it for every reason that you just said. You have no idea who's going to be the 8. And just because you were like, "Oh, the regular season doesn't matter." Personally, I I think it does still because you have these teams who are fighting for their spots. Yeah, they're fighting for their spots. They're fighting for the chance to have a home game, basically, at the 7 or the 8. That's awesome. And that's a huge advantage when you're in the playoffs. I I mean, listen, I understand that I know this was also brought about a little bit because there were teams that were jockeying. Well, what I was going to say is is it it reminds me of a time when, do you remember when the Nets, it it was a few years ago, it was when Brooklyn had Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and all those guys and they wanted to position themselves purposely so they could draw the heat in the first round. And it turned out to obviously, um, you know, not work out well for them. And it completely was the wrong move. Um, so what, what I think that is happening here is the NBA is trying to avoid teams from potentially losing games on purpose. So they don't necessarily drop in the standings and, and try to get in a position where they feel it's a more favorable opportunity to play a team um and and then not backfire necessarily on them when they they get to a certain point i i have to believe that is why that happened because we were seeing for a while teams that were saying okay well if i'm the seven seed i know i match up better against this two seed so i'm going to purposely lose games to get to that spot where i think the nba is trying to avoid that and saying no 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 we're not guaranteeing you anything 
you need to play yourself into the series altogether. So that that's that's where I think it's coming from. But I, I just feel like sometimes it's few and far between. And I, I certainly feel like that ultimately we need to kind of get back to a place where we were, um, you know, winning winning more games. Okay, I, Jeanette and I, unfortunately, we can't hear ourselves at the moment. So I feel like we, uh, we can. But anyway, I, I, I just feel like ultimately this is a better tournament when we have the games and the and the, the the rankings as is, Jeanette. I just feel like that way. Anyway, triple eight seven six zero three seven seven six is the number if you want to trump in. Triple eight seven six zero ESPN is the number if you are interested in a interested in hearing about oh is this series um ultimately going to be better um with these nine seeds that are playing or do you would you rather just See the teams as is, the seven and the eight seed. Plus, the Minnesota Timberwolves had a very bizarre sort of celebration. Jeanette and Stone are on board with it. They they like it. They seem to think it's a good thing, but I can't sit here and say I, I enjoy it necessarily. What do you think? What are your thoughts on where that ultimately can go? The NBA playoffs, always compelling. Always, of course, the best time of the season. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch some of these series. We talked about the Nets. We talked about the Celtics series. Let me ask you guys right now. If you had to handicap the NBA playoffs at the moment, where do you think, Jeanette, I can start with you. Where, who, What are teams that you would say, this is a team to watch out for. This is a team that I like that I think is going to make a, a big run in the, uh, in in the, the playoffs? postseason. Yes. Honestly, the Miami Heat. Every, for some reason, I always feel like the Miami Heat are the underdogs that are not taken too seriously, that they're very, nobody's talking about them enough and the, the, the power that they have, not only in their starting but on the bench and their six-man with Tyler Hero. I think the Miami Heat are going to shock everybody. Not necessarily shock because they it's are number one shock, in the East, right, right. but I think that people, for some reason, underestimate the Miami Heat. Sure, yeah, the Bucks are there, but I, I feel like the Miami Heat are going to make the biggest run. I mean, right. I, I think you can title it a shock based off of the fact that they have the same odds to win the title as the Memphis Grizzlies do. Like, like the odds That's are so weird. I mean, it is, but it isn't, right? I mean, like, like the, the odds makers know what they're doing, so that's why just because of solely based off of that, because they're as dangerous as the team where the oldest player is Stephen Adams and, and, and the youngest player is twenty. Like, like that speaks to me so much. Like, I, I don't know if I can deem the Heat actual contenders when they are given the same odds I, to win this thing as the Memphis Grizzlies. Man, that, that scares me. Well, I think they have proven themselves during the regular season. Time and time again. Exactly, but and nobody like you keep doubting them. <laughs> I mean, and I'll continue to do so. Now, now they were blessed with this with this bracket and, and the format that they were given. Man, everybody's on the other side. Yes. Everybody is on the other side of this thing. So I, I think they're set up really nice right now. They won't I, have to see any of these guys Till the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I think that the Celtics and the Bucks are still going to pose a threat to the Heat. I, 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 you know, I can't make heads or tails of the Heat this season. I, I I'm kind of with Stone on this, Jeanette. I, you know, and I know they've had injuries, but and and but I haven't seen this team play all together to know what they really are. Right, number I mean, one in the Eastern Conference Finals. Why do the Heat have to <laughs> always have to prove themselves? I, because, listen, I think we have seen over the years, especially in the NBA, that being the number one seed doesn't mean much anymore. It's not like back in the day when, you know, I would see the Bulls or the Pistons or the Celtics or the Lakers or whoever that number one seed was and say, 
they're the sure bet, or the Golden State Warriors, or the Cavs with LeBron. They were the sure bet to get out of the East. It's, it's for whatever reason, it's not like that anymore. We're seeing more and more teams like we did last year. Weren't the Bucks like the the three seed yeah, last year? Yeah, I think they year? were three or four. Three or four, and the and the Suns were a two or a three or something like that. So there's, I, I just, it's not the same. And, and the value of what the number one seed is, yes, it gives you home court advantage throughout the postseason and your conference. But ultimately, I, I don't know if Jimmy Butler, if Bam, if he's healthy enough, if Kyle Lowry, if that team is good enough to ultimately get through the postseason. I hope they are. I think it would be cool. I mean, I love this because you're on Ken Levick Live and Ken would be on your ass. And Jeanette is as well. So I'm excited. Like, I love that you went on record and said that because, I mean, us as a group, Ken Levick Live, we are heaters. But I am the only one with doubt, so I appreciate you, Ryan. Listen, no. my I, don't worry, my Ken, rescue. if you're listening, I got you. <laughs> I talked to JMP before the show, and I, you know, JMP, who's a, a much bigger heat guy than oh, yeah. I could ever be, I said to him straight up, I said, do you really think this is the team? And obviously, I know he's a little biased, but, you know, he seems to think that the Heat are still the team to beat coming out of the East. So, I, I listen, I'll take his word for it. I have no reason to think that they can't get out of the first round. And then in the second round, they would host either the Sixers or the Raptors. I think they That's could a beat, W. I think they could beat. I, I, I'll confidently say that's a W. Uh, I mean, as you should. You will be favorites to win that. You should get out of that. I think that they can beat Philly or Toronto. I do yes. think they match up well. I think with, you know, you got Butler against Harden. You got Bam against Embiid. I think they match up well. I think, in my opinion, it's when they get to the conference finals or if they get to the conference finals. That's where I feel like that is going to be their their biggest challenge. Is it going to be the Celtics? Is it going to be the Bucks? No. Is mm. it going to be is it going to be Brooklyn? No. Those are the three teams, right? Those are the three teams. And if Brooklyn, I'll say this: if Brooklyn gets to the to the Eastern Conference Finals, I, I think Brooklyn's going to advance to the NBA Finals because if they can get that far and start knocking off everybody, uh, I, I think I think it's going to be a tough. I mean, tough Brooklyn out. will be favored. It's incredible uh, yeah. how Kyrie comes back, and it's like, oh, the Nets. Yeah, they're going to win. But but anybody they're take are the they not the best? Away. They're not the best twosome in the league. They're not the best twosome in the league by right now? By far. By far the best twosome in the league. Oh, but I, I, I'm still over with the Heat. I still think the Heat are going to be the ones to come through. Okay. I'm going to shock everybody. All right. And I can use the word shock if they have the same, the same odds as the Grizzlies. What about the West? We were talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm a big Memphis Grizzlies fan. I love I was on the Met. I want to make sure people understand. I was a Memphis Grizzlies fan before it was cool to be a Memphis Grizzlies fan. Like, I... Go back to the Zebo, Marcus Saul, Tony oh, Allen, God. Mike Connolly. Like that's my jam. I'm I'm all in on that. And now that we see what this team has begun, getting John ja Morant, and the fact that they listen, there was a little bit of luck there. They got John ja Morant, but the fact that when they got the number two pick, and I remember saying to myself, "Oh man, it would have been so great to get Zion Williamson." I wish they could have gotten the number one pick to get Zion Williamson. I, for not even a second, would ever take back now that they got John Morant. John Morant has proven clearly, and I understand there's plenty of time for Zion Williamson to kind of redeem his career and kind of get back to where he is. I mean, listen, we saw what Joel Embiid endured the first several years of his career, not being able to play, and now look at him. He's, you know, arguably the MVP of the league. So, but you cannot tell me that John Morant uh, is one of the top 10 players or one of at least the top five guards in the NBA right now and is most exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. I still think Phoenix is probably the team that comes out of the West. I, I just, they are so good and they are what like a dominant team looks like in the league. 
Um, and you can make the case. We talked about the the best twosome in the league. What about Devin Booker and Chris Paul? Oh I yeah, mean, that's that's a pretty awesome one-two punch too, right? Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul's a- healthy now too. I mean, that's a big part of what they do. And I mean, DeAndre Ayton is a big piece of that puzzle. You mentioned like it's not the same as it was when you know it was Detroit and Chicago, and these were dominant one seeds and just favored to go to the title. That's what Phoenix is right now, right? Like that's completely what they they are fully expected to get out of the West. With 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 Steph Curry not being completely healthy, and I mean Denver, I don't see as a as a, a real threat. Luka's not all the way healthy. I mean, it's going to come down to Utah, maybe a surging Grizzlies squad. I mean, they have it easy sitting in the West as it stands right here. See, I I look at the playoffs right now, and I don't see how any of the top four seeds don't advance. I I think that you're looking at Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, and Dallas coming out of that first round, and then I think. Phoenix and Dallas, I I feel could be a compelling series, and that Memphis like Golden that State series is going to be amazing if if that comes to fruition and seeing Steph go up against John, obviously seeing you know how Clay Thompson responds and Draymond Green and all those guys. I I'll tell you it it's again I love the NBA playoffs. There's always great stories. There's always great stuff. But if we could just get rid of these damn play-in games, man, it's just come on, let's keep them. Just get rid of it. Triple eight seven six zero ESPN. Triple eight seven six zero three seven seven six is the number if you want to jump in. We're talking about a multitude of things. We'd love to get your thoughts. One, are you in on the playing games? Are you cool watching San Antonio and New Orleans tonight at nine thirty p.m.? I'll be honest, I'm not watching it. I have zero interest in watching that game. It means nothing to me. I could be convinced, not, and it would be a pretty simple convince. <laughs> to watch that Hawks-Charlotte game for the reasons we mentioned. You got LaMelo Ball. Uh, you got, you know, you mentioned Rozier. You obviously have Trey Young. There's a lot of great, you know, players that I am interested in watching, young players that are fun to watch. I will say this, Stone, you talked about, well, isn't it great that we get to watch LaMelo Ball? Yes, 100%, but why couldn't they win enough to get to the postseason? I have no doubt we're going to see LaMelo Ball in the very near future, in the next couple of seasons, that Charlotte is going to be a team to contend, yeah. to contend with. Like He is an exceptional player, and he is one of the most exciting players in the league. When And when you put that list together, right, of like the future of the NBA, the guys that we're watching out, right, it's it's Devin Booker, it's John Morant, it's Luka Doncic, LaMelo Ball is on that list. Trey Young's on that list. Trey Young's on that list. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, right. Like That is the next generation of the faces of the NBA, LaMelo Ball's on that list, without a doubt. And he's exciting to watch, but maybe it's just not time for him yet. So when we're we are saying that Troy Young and LaMelo Ball are future faces on the NBA, and they get to compete at the 9 and 10 spot, I mean, get your popcorn ready. I mean, this is what we want. We want to see which one of these guys is going to emerge faster as the face of the NBA. Who's going to get the leg up? We get a chance on a random Wednesday night to watch the 9 and 10 duke it out. I mean, yes. I, but I, that that story is only compelling, and that narrative is only good when you have exciting players. I I can't get behind a Zionless New Orleans team. Yeah, that game's a little different for sure. And, and the first thing I mentioned was Dejounte Murray. I mean, that's the who the player who single handedly got him here. But yeah, that game's a lot less interesting, and nobody would disagree with that. If Dejounte Murray was walking down the street, does anyone know who he is? Hell no. Right. No. He's listen, I know he's a very solid player and he's kind of become the new sort of go-to guy for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, certainly we're used to a team with Tim Duncan and Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker and the likes. I mean, again, I couldn't pick DeJounte Murray out of a lineup and NBA players 
are the easiest to recognize out of any athletes out there in the world. And yet I could care less about the San Antonio Spurs. They, I, I just, I've, I got nothing. CJ McCollum, good player, solid guy. Brandon Ingram, really good player. But I don't really enjoy watching the Pelicans unless Zion Williamson is in uniform. Now, when it will get interesting is if we get to the fourth quarter and this game is close uh, or tied, you we will get a DeJounte Murray and Brandon Ingram game. Like, it'll turn into a boxing match between the two. And that, as a sports fan, as an NBA fan, I'm interested in. And, and I'm hoping we get that. Last night... Brooklyn went up 20 after the first quarter, and I, I actually changed the channel. And, you know, I went to watch hockey. I went to watch all these other things because they're up 20. It, I hope it doesn't get like this tonight, and I hope we see Brandon Ingram, you know, ice cold in the fourth quarter, and, and these guys, you know, they're young, and they're giving a shot to get into the playoffs. I love it. Do you ultimately want to see the Spurs get the eighth seed? Do, who, do you guys want, like, out of these teams that are left, right? So we have the Clippers, we have the Pelicans, the Spurs, and then in the East we have the Hawks, the Hornets, and we have the Cavs. So out of those six teams... Who do you ultimately want to see in the eighth seed, Jeanette? Who do you want to start with? I would start with the Spurs. I love Popovich so much. Okay. And that's it. I mean, the, the Spurs end up seeing the Suns, so I, it doesn't matter to me. I don't even want to answer the question. If the Spurs get in, they will see the Suns. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I care because what does that mean for a team like the Clippers, who certainly overcame so much this season without Kawhi Leonard and the you know the most of the season without Paul George? I mean, Tyron Lue, they're talking about potentially, I don't think he'll get it, but you could make the argument he should win coach of the year with the job he did this year. I mean, I, I just I just feel like it's unfair to, to see that to be the case. All right, so you, you like the Spurs in the West. What about in the, in the East who, 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 of those teams that are left? You got the Hawks, the Hornets, and the Cavs. The Hawks. Okay, the I would Hawks. like to see. I'm a big Trey Young fan. I, I got to be Young, honest. and I love to see him play. I, I mean, if we're talking about which team would be the most compelling to watch in the playoffs— for me in the East, it's the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I'm going to win. I mean, well, it. I mean, it is the Charlotte yeah. Hornets. I mean, the, the five of them, they have a similar hustle and a similar build to the Grizzlies. Like, they're a dangerous team because they're not going to give up because they're just as, as right off the tip. I mean, these guys are going to give it everything they got. I'm excited to watch the game, and I can't wait. 888-760-ESPN, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN is the number if you want to jump in, talking about the NBA playoffs, talking about the play-in games. We got more on the other side. We're going to get into a little baseball when we come back. You're listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN Radio. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Welcome back to Ken Levick Alive. Ryan Lieber, Stone Lebanowitz, and Jeanette Javier joining you for the next hour. Ken is off. Is he off this week? Is he off today? Is he on vacation? Where he's is on, Ken? He's on a little vacation. He'll be back. All right. Do you we, sure? Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Do we know where he went? <laughs> he didn't go anywhere. Oh, he's just said, oh, it's a staycation. It's a staycation. I see. So he's just chilling at his house. Yeah, me and Jeanette were mad he told us that, but we're like, you know what? You got it. Have Hopefully nice he's down like three bottles of champagne by now. <laughs> you know, I here's my it's one o'clock. It's I, acceptable. I, I'd be, uh, yeah, it is. I'd be curious about what your opinion is on this. I've never been a fan of just taking days off and not going anywhere. Oh, I hate it. Because then I just feel like I'm sitting at home doing nothing, and I feel like, what am I doing? I might as well use my vacation days to do something, whether that's going literally, physically somewhere for a trip, 
or, you know, just doing something in a staycation way somewhere maybe in the area. Like my wife and I have done staycations where we'll go to a hotel, you know, 10 minutes from our house, but at least makes us feel like we're Mm -hmm. away. I I don't understand the whole, I'm just taking the week off and I'm just going to sit at my house. I just did that last weekend. And get errands done. Oh, you did that last week? Yeah, I went to Anna Maria Island. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. You uh, went somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were sure. saying you were just chilling in your house. Oh, no. Like not your, my your personality. House. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if no. I do take, if it is, if I am staying at the house, I'm out nine mimosas deep and brunch somewhere. Right, right. You're trying to like in, get away from the, the hustle and bustle. I'm 100%. totally against the staycation thing. And the thing is, Ken is blasting tweets out on Twitter. He has not detached himself from sports. I mean, he is steady on the timeline, steady finding out what's going on, watching all these games. So, no, it's not even a vacation. He's dialed into these sports. He has not stopped. So so Ken was off on Monday. Yep. Off Tuesday. Yes. And he's off, obviously, today. Mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday, he's off as well. I think he will be back tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So this was just a three-day kind of off day sort of situation. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, listen, I know Ken has young kids. Yes. So I get it. I As, as somebody who is newly... Uh, as a parent as well, I understand it's maybe hard to kind of take everybody uh, along for the ride, especially when Ken's case, he's got kids in school. So maybe he just can't like up and leave at the moment. But okay. at that case, I would just, I would just keep my vacation days and I'll save it for something else. I'm going to backpedal a little bit. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm going to backpedal. Do you know something? No, I don't know oh, okay. anything. Oh, okay. Let Ken I thought, live his I you were going to scoop us with something. No, I oh. have taken a day off just to catch up. With like chores and everything right. around the house, and that actually, I actually felt better after that getting into the hustle because I, I got so much done. Yeah, but that is not titled staycation or vacation. That's spring cleaning. What, what if I have? But like, I'm drinking wine while I do everything. Yeah, well, that so is that's normal. like my vacation. That is part. a normal day. <laughs> that's that's for Jeanette Javier. That's, that's Saturday. No, it's not. It's Thursday for yeah. Jeanette. It's a Tuesday. Chill. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I have taken days off just to catch up with life and everything. Take my dog to the park. That's the equivalent of my child. Right, right. Barkley? Barkley. Charles Barkley II. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. You remember that. I do remember Barkley. Yes. 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 So Uh, I I, kind of, I get it. I get it. Would I rather be waist deep in alcohol on my day off? Absolutely. But I get the staycation. I get the staycation too. And again, I'm all for the staycation. I'm just for the staycation where you can actually go somewhere, right? So as I said, I've gone on trips with my wife where, you know, we live in Boynton Beach that we'll go to a hotel in (laughs) Boca or West Palm Beach to get away. And you're just staying in a hotel and you're enjoying kind of being out and relaxing and kind of having other people cater to you. I'm all for that. That's great. But what I'm not on board with is just, yeah, I took the day off today so I can just Hang in my house and catch up on my Netflix. And do laundry. And watch the Spurs Pelicans play. Uh, there you go. And watch the Spurs Pelicans play. That's right. Uh, 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN is the number if you want to jump in. We're going to talk a little baseball when we come back. You're listening to Ken Livick Alive with Ryan Stone and Jeanette. We'll be back on ESPN 1063.